Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of What You Talking About. This week's guest is Josh Woolley, owner of Mammoth Training Methods and coach to Jack Farlow and current second fittest woman on earth, Emma Lawson. It is such a great chat and was so fun to find out about Josh himself discovered CrossFit, plus the potential he saw in Emma leading to her standing on the CrossFit Games podium, both as a team and an individual. This episode is sponsored by Ascend Apparel and Fitness, a UK-based gymwear business who pride themselves on strong values and a mission to raise awareness of mental health through fitness. Their mindset of grow, build, ascend applies to both physical and mental fitness, about developing skills, resilience, and ascending your own overall well-being. Check them out on Instagram and online and use WOD10 at checkout for 10% off. As always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to be the first to hear all about our new episodes and content. Enjoy! Josh, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Good, yeah. Thanks for having me, Leah. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. It's so nice to have someone I've like actually met physically in person. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't happen often. Obviously, we got to meet at FitFest, mm. which seems like ages ago now, but um, last, well, December. How was that experience like for you guys? Obviously, you came over with Emma Lawson and Jack Farlow. How was all that for you? Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. It was nice uh being in an event that wasn't really uh super competitive for them uh, much more low-key um and as a coach like it was nice not to have kind of that stress of making sure everything is just perfect for them uh they kind of had free reign with that but it was yeah it was like a really cool environment uh it was really cool to see the athletes be able to like mingle with all the uh all the fans and yeah we'd definitely do it again if if we ever got invited so yeah that was awesome yeah, and I assume you are just back from Waterpalooza and lots of cool things. What this time of year is always a bit random because like, there's stuff that goes on. Obviously, we have Waterpalooza, we have the holiday season, the Opens looming. <laughs> like for a coach and like a programmer, how is this time of year for you? Like, are you, do you feel super busy? Is it just a lot of prep? Yeah, I wouldn't say like I feel like super super busy like we lay out a plan usually after the game so what's the plan for the season um and we build things out from there so you know with jack we had the discussion okay like where do you want to compete in the off season do you want to compete in the off season um and we decided on Wadapalooza, so we put a plan in place for that uh for emma you know she had rogue so we, we put a plan in place for that and then once those events ended then you start more so just kind of focusing on the remainder of the season um, and making sure that we're prepared for, you know, the touch points in the open uh, quarterfinals and then semifinals as well. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it's like crazy busy, uh, do the work up front and, and have a plan in place and, and things are usually pretty good. Love that. And uh, I want to, well, obviously we'll dive into a lot about Emma and Jack because they both had the last few years has obviously just been incredible for, for the two of them and yourself but I would love to know like your journey like how did you find CrossFit and get into CrossFit yourself? Yeah so uh, I grew up playing ice hockey as most Canadian boys do um, and then ended up going to university and playing hockey there um, and then once I graduated I decided I didn't really want to continue pursuing a professional um, you know, professional career within hockey, um, but still wanted to do something, right? And I, I remember being in our dressing room kind of lounge with uh, with the hockey team and and seeing on ESPN, it was the uh, 
what year was it of the games? They were doing like the Camp Pendleton run. So it was like a, like a really long run. Um, and I think it was like Rich or like Jason Khalifa on the screen. And like, these guys are just like totally shredded and like doing crazy things. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, and that was kind of like my first taste of what CrossFit was. Um, and then I kind of right from there got involved in the, in the gym within my hometown and kind of took off from there. So I spent probably the first like three or four years trying to compete and be competitive. Um, was never really able to crack too close to, to regionals at that time. Uh, I was close on a team once, but never really could, could make that, you know, jump into the next level. Um, and I got into coaching and started with coaching classes and uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, and then eventually Emma came along, um, you know, saw her at the gym doing the open workout, even though she was too young uh, and crushing it. And I was like, you know, you should think about doing this, you know, full time, like professionally, if you wanted to, uh, and I'd be your coach. And I was just like joking around. Um, but <laughs> like we are where we're at now, right? Because of that conversation. So yeah, that was kind of my, you know, soiree into CrossFit and then how I got into coaching from there. Yeah. Did you ever like see yourself as a coach? Like before, when you first started? Because I always think some people, I think are quite like natural leaders and natural coaches. Like, did you feel that it was quite organic for you going in that direction, I suppose? Uh, I think when I first started, no. Um, but once I got more involved within the, the community and uh, making relationships relationships at the gym. Um, it was kind of like a natural just progression uh, and evolution to be like a games coach and coaching games athletes. Like that was never anything that I really foresaw. Um, so yeah, like yes and no, I guess to answer your question, like, you know, I, I definitely saw myself coaching classes and, and doing things like that. Um, but to get to the point where it's at now, I don't think I really fully expected that to happen uh obviously it's been amazing but it was never like something that I was like oh yeah like I definitely want to be a games coach right yeah so we'll we'll talk about Emma because as you say like it's shaped I assume your career right her career has kind of gone hand in hand with yours um so you you've kind of just explained but is that the first experience you had like seeing her do an open workout in the gym when she wasn't meant to like what how did your paths first cross yeah, so her parents were members at the gym uh, that I trained at and coached at. Um, and she would come in and do kids' classes and like the odd adult class and, and just kind of jump in. And she always had like a, a natural ability and athletic, um, yeah, ability, natural athletic ability to do things. Um, she was a dancer at the point in time. So she was like really, really small, but like she was still able to move, you know, relatively decent loads for her size and move them fairly well. Um, so that was kind of my first introduction. And then when she did that open workout, I was like, wow, like, you know, she could be like really good if she really focused in on it. Um, and to kind of go back on that story, like I told, I told her, I'm like, Hey, you should quit dance and do this full time. Um, her mom didn't like that very much, but <laughs> she ended up quitting dance and I think it was a good decision. I think that's like, because there's so many, like, what was she about at that time? 12? 12, 13-ish? Yeah, she would have been 13 because the first year they can do the open, I think, is 14. Yeah. Yeah, so she was 13, yeah. Wow, and like not many 
12 year old 13 year old girls when you're like no you need to quit dance many <laughs> people are going to listen to you yeah and i literally said it like in a joking manner i never thought it would come from anything come to anything but yeah it did so how like i love um talking about kind of teen athletes and, and coaching them as well because i suppose when you're a, an elite athlete in your 20s or 30s or whatever and it becomes a job for you that's one thing but being like a teenager and so much happening and you've got school and not many teenagers have jobs etc how do you kind of position coaching someone who is just doing it's fun who has so much potential that you're like well we can start shaping your career now and start you know your journey now how does that work when they're so young like yeah a whole kind of obviously you program a lot for them but like overall how does it work so it was something entirely new for me at that point in time like I had never coached an individual athlete let alone like a teenager who's just literally starting out in the sport um it definitely took a lot of learning and a lot of patience both with Emma but also like with myself and understanding that like you know we're going to try things and they may not work out um and how do we learn from them and continue to progress forward um so like from the training side of things, like we definitely had some conversations at the beginning with her parents and saying like, Hey, like, you know, if this is what she wants, like this is kind of what to expect in terms of training volume. And like, here are the things that we need to look out for um, in terms of like burning out and just making sure that we're not overdoing it because again, like the, everyone wants things like right away. Like they want that immediate gratification. Um, but the sport of CrossFit, like you definitely need to be in it for the long haul. Um, and things take time to develop, right? Like you can't force, you know, hormones and puberty and people, right? Like those things are just going to happen naturally. And um, just like you can't force, you know, strength gains and aerobic development, like you have to give those time to, to develop. So there was a lot of conversations with that. Um, and then as, as time went on, like we became pretty close in terms of like a you know coach mentor kind of role um and you know dealing with different things outside of the gym right like dealing with high school and drama there and like you know emma being kind of the odd one out like no one at her high school really first of all knew what crossfit was but like here's this girl who's super strong you know looks different than everyone is you know eating different lunches at school and like doesn't you know go to mcdonald's and get a burger and fries um so there was definitely some some times that you know she struggled with finding the right friend group and the people to support her and so helping her navigate through that just based on like past experience and just being a little bit older and understanding that you know like this is it's not always fair, but like, these are things that like you'll work through and they'll make you better in the long run. Um, and now like as she's older dealing with, you know, the external pressures of, you know, feeling like she needs to constantly be, you know, one-upping her last achievement, um, and, and dealing with things like that and just like the pressures of competing, um, but also making sure that she's still enjoying being a teenager, right? Like she just turned 19, you know, she, obviously wants to be training all the time but it's like hey like you want to go out for your birthday like you can like go out enjoy yourself be smart but like don't feel like you need to just 
completely shield yourself off from being a normal person as well so it's crazy to think she's still only 19 and it's just it's like watching her and I think whenever I watch the teen division like I think I forget like you'll go oh my gosh these people are so young she was it she, was it 14 what she was when she went to her first games right um obviously was she 14 yeah she would have been yes she would have been 14 so she would have just turned 14 the january prior to those games how like as you say you you coach her through a lot in in life when mm -hmm. you're then put on like a kind of global stage at that age what ro what role do you play that weekend and i'm i'm sure your role has possibly changed over the years as the competitions evolved but like going into that first game because it was your first game to hers at such a young age but at such an elite level like what mm -hmm. role do you try and play throughout that weekend yeah i think the biggest thing i was trying to do is just like provide a um like an even keel just energy right like not trying to get too high or too low and just understanding that like the ebbs and flows of competition can be really, really good at one point, but like really, really bad at the next. Um, and you need to be able to like enjoy those moments. You know, it's okay to suffer a little bit in those other moments, but bring it back to, to that level kind of homeostatic spot. So um, I think that was my biggest kind of role the first year. Um, other like, you know, outside of like, you know, warming up strategy and stuff like that, but it was really just being like that calming presence because yeah, you're a 14 year old kid walking into this like huge environment. There's hundreds of people, you know, people that you look up to in your training are, you know, there working out and competing. And it's, it's just quite the, quite the experience. So again, just helping with that from the mental side of things um, was probably like the biggest role that I think I played in the first year. Yeah. And then fast forward, like, obviously she's now, I mean, second fitness on earth which is a whole other experience but from a i'm actually going to ask from a programming perspective i suppose the yep. leap from team to individual is is pretty big for an athlete but from a from a coaching perspective and a programming perspective how much has your role changed over the years jumping from that team division into the elite individual yeah i wouldn't say like the programming perspective has changed too much like obviously there's been a lot more focus on her specific weaknesses um, because things that necessarily weren't weaknesses in the team division are weaknesses now in the elite division or the individual division um, and one of the main thing just being strength right like her body weight to strength ratio is very very good but she's giving up a lot of strength to some of these other athletes who are more mature than she is um, and so that was kind of our big focus is like, how do we build strength in a smart way in someone who's still developing, like their body's still developing, right? So being smart with that, doing, you know, a lot of research and just making sure that, you know, we're trying to find the best things that are going to work for her, um, and making sure that the lines of communication between, you know, her and myself and her parents are, are wide open. So that way, if things are maybe heading in the wrong direction, we can really, act on that quickly and, and try to redirect in, in the right direction. So I would say things have worked out pretty well. Like her first year as an individual, definitely towards the 
the end of the competition, like you could see it was starting to wear on her and just her, her strength endurance kind of started to falter. Um, but, you know, last year, I think her strength was right where it needed to be. Like she finished sixth, sixth or seventh in the, the Olympic total. So like she's, she's definitely closing that gap, which is, which is really good. It's, it's so impressive. And there's a lot of talk. I think there was this kind of era of teenagers, like, you know, Emma being in it and Mal and Emma Carey and Olivia, like this kind of bunch of girls that, that kind of all came up at the same time. Do you think that her being in the same experience as some of the others helps because they've kind of all, they've got people that they can relate to instead of these, these girls that have maybe been competing individual for five, six years? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I think one thing that, you know, when Mal and Emma Carey made it their first year, um, Emma did the uh, Atlas semifinal. It was online. Um, she finished ninth in that. So she was very close to qualifying as a 16 year old. Um, the, the realization that like Mal and Emma Carey did it was like, Hey, like it's possible, right? Like it can be done. Um, so I think that kind of helped knowing that like she competed with those girls growing up, um, that if they can do it, you know, she can do it as well. So definitely helped. It's It's so crazy to think. And I, do you ever think from, from a kind of this, obviously you're going to maybe be biased towards Emma, <laughs> but in terms of other individuals that have maybe been compete, like come into it as a 20 year old or 25 year old, et cetera. Do you ever think there's a slight like unfairness almost that these girls have got a load of competition experience already from being teenagers? Or do you think it is completely different divisions? Like how, how different is it? Cause obviously it's not unfair because they've trained for it, but having like when you look at some individuals who may be like oh these young'uns have got loads of experience already do you ever think there's like a slight element of it's a there's a bit of a disparity um yes and no like I think the fact that they have competition experience is obviously very good for them um you know being in Madison for multiple years and like knowing what the environment's like knowing what the venue's like definitely gives them I would say like a, a bit of a competitive advantage because they, they kind of know what they're walking into versus someone who's, you know, 24, 25, and it's their first time kind of breaking through and making it to the games. Um, it's a, it's a brand new thing for them. Right. And so, although they're older and maybe have been through some other life experiences, like they still haven't experienced that um, and haven't competed at that, that level or that stage. So yeah, I definitely think there's there's some advantage there. I don't think it makes a huge difference. Um, but if, you know, if I had to choose, I'd rather have the experience than not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm like, if I ever have children, they're going to be doing cross <laughs> like eight years old. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, and I spoke, so this year, I want to talk, obviously, Emma is, you know, you've been coaching her for a long time, but Jack, Jack is in the picture as well. And of course, the last, the last year in particular for him has been obviously so incredible. He made the games for the first time. We'll talk a little bit about more about him, but in terms of the games last year, how did it, um, how different was it for you going from having like one athlete there to two? Like how much did mm-hmm. your role change if at all? It was busy. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely busy. Um, I had help. So <clears throat> Jack's uh, brother-in-law who was kind of like helping him out when he was younger Um had Jack's coaches pass. So he was helping kind of do those things, right? You know, carry the bag, 
help with his warmups um, and stuff, which which took some pressure off of me. Um, but always like kind of being aware of okay, like Emma's going now, so I need to make sure like we're talking about strategy at this point, and then Jack's going, you know, forty five minutes later, so I need to make sure that when Emma's done, she's cooling down. I'm gonna go talk to Jack and kind of go back and forth and just make sure that you know they have what they need in terms of being ready to go for the event. Um, it made for very long days and a lot of a lot of steps. I think, uh, yeah, I think I set some records that weekend in terms of the number of steps I've made. But it was great. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for anything. Like it's, it's a lot. It's very uh, mentally draining. By the end, like you're pretty exhausted. But it's it's great to see them, you know, achieve goals that they've put in place and, and be part of that. Uh, has been really great. Yeah, and did kind of going back a little bit. How did your relationship with with Jack start? How did you come to be that you were going to start coaching him as well? Yeah, so the first time I met Jack uh, was the first year that Emma was competing as a teenager, so 14. Um, he had come to the gym that we were training at because we had some sandbags that he wanted to use. And so that was the first time that I met him. And I vividly remember saying that Emma was too good for him um, and that like, yeah, just kind of like that, you're too good for him, like stay away from him. <laughs> just joking around, right? Like just kind of teasing her a little bit. Um, but then like seeing him at the games that year and, and talking with his brother-in-law and kind of making a relationship there um, was kind of the start. Uh, and then him and Emma uh, ended up doing some partner competitions uh, locally and that was kind of the start of that relationship there. Um, I still was a little bit, I guess, protective of Emma because I'm like, oh, this boy's coming in and like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, is he going to be a good fit for Emma? But honestly, like they've been a perfect match, not only within the gym, but also outside of the gym in terms of how they balance each other uh, and how they support each other. Um, it's really, really cool to see, especially for people who, are young right like they haven't been through a lot of things um as an adult in life like i mean emma just turned 19 so um they still have a lot of things to learn about life but how they support each other um and how they communicate with each other is it's much more mature than you know i was definitely doing when i was 21 or 19 years old so you know kudos to them on that um they're definitely a, like a really good pair for each other so yeah and they are just two of the nicest people like I, as you know as you know I got to spend some time with them at FitFest and I was just in awe of how just kind of gentle but mature and they're, they're just really really good humans and I, I love that you kind of talk about the support and everything I think I, I remember you posting something after the games about the fact that like there's no jealousy either. Um, and I think, as you say, particularly their, their age, were you ever worried that perhaps, because obviously Emma has done so, so well, there was going to be that aspect of perhaps, you know, a little bit of envy over her success? Yeah. And you know what? Like, if you were to ask Jack, he probably would say, like, yeah, there was some times um, when there was a bit of envy, but it was always very, very short-lived. And I think that's a very natural thing to have. Like if you are doing something that you want really, really badly and someone else, you know, achieves that, 
you're going to have a bit of, I mean, like you're going to feel a little bit of jealousy there. Um, but like, it was never, ever, it never impacted how he treated Emma or how he celebrated Emma's success. It was more so, I would say like motivation and fuel that he used to continue driving his progression and development in the sport. Um, yeah, and it was never anything that I really was concerned about. Like, like you said, Emma and Jack are two really, really nice people. Um, they're very, very humble in terms of, you know, what they've accomplished and how they, how they compose and, and hold themselves in public. Um, so yeah, like I've never had any concerns in terms of, you know, jealousy because of one success over the other. Right. I love that. Um, and then, so in the, when you're in the gym and you've got these like two competitive athletes, do you, obviously I, I talk about it quite a lot on here because I feel that there has been particularly maybe in the last three or four years, a real rise of like training camps mm -hmm. and you've almost got like your own mini training camp, right. With those two, mm -hmm. have you noticed a difference from when they train together? Like, do they, you find that they're competitive, but it kind of helps their training. Like what's the dynamic in training sessions? Yeah, so I only typically am in person with them once to twice a week. Like I have a full-time job outside of this. So um, the coaching stuff is, is definitely like a side hustle and, and Mammoth is the, the side hustle that it's kind of umbrellaed under. Um, Emma and Jack's training is very individualized. So they are seldomly are doing similar pieces at the same time. Um, obviously like leading up to the games and semifinals, like we'll do some mock runs and stuff and like, cause they'll have training there. And there's definitely some competition between them. It's a healthy competition. And there's the understanding that like, you know what, like if we're doing a rowing workout, Jack's going to win every single time because again, like for the most part, guys are going to be able to row better than girls. Um, and so there's that understanding there, but it definitely drives both of them uh within within training but for the most part of the year like they're they're doing their own thing um they might be in the gym at the same time but they're they're not doing similar things at those points in time just because their weaknesses are very much polar opposite um and jack's in school right so jack's in biomedical engineering so his schedule is crazy um so yeah when they can train together they train together but they're not they're not doing the same thing do you ever get time to train yourself? I do. I do. I've actually, it's been sporadic. Like obviously having a little one makes things a little bit more challenging. Um, she is two and a half now. So things are starting to get a little bit more stable, which is good. Um, you know, I just recently, or we're, I am launching like a 60 minute training program. That's just for the everyday athlete that's coming out uh, on the 29th but I've been like doing the training two weeks ahead just to like make sure things are, are the way I expect and, and have that kind of level of consistency. And it's been good. So I've, for the past two weeks, I've been training every day. Um, but up to that point, it was, it was pretty sporadic for a while. Yeah. And I was going to kind of ask you that, how do you, because obviously coaching games athletes is, is no mean feat and there must be a lot of pressure on you but how do you prioritize kind of your work and family like training coaching those coaching other people like how do you I mean how do you fit it all in but how do you prioritize it all as well yeah it definitely is a balancing act um I have a very understanding and supportive wife who knows that like I thoroughly enjoy doing this um 
you know, if I could do it full time, I definitely would. However, like my job is very stable. It's very secure. Uh, I have benefits and a pension. And so like, it's really hard to kind of give that up. Um, but, you know, if I can continue to grow Mammoth to the point where one day I can, then that's definitely something that will will cross that bridge at that point in time. Um, but it's definitely like tiered. So like Emma, Jack and I are a team and like, I'm not going to let anything outside of my family life and my work kind of impact that team. Um, and so it's been a very slow, gradual build. And I always make sure that if I'm adding something, it's not taking away from the others because those other things are the most important. Um, so again, like this year we rolled out an elite program, which was to kind of share my philosophies in terms of how you train elite athletes. Um, yeah, and so it's been it's been successful. I think it's definitely opened eyes to a lot of people that, oh, maybe this isn't really what I wanna do. Like it's a lot of work. Um, but it's been a good kind of learning lesson for me in terms of how to kind of develop a program for people and how to um, manage my time in terms of, you know, running a business, but also having a full-time job outside of it. So it's been really good in that sense. Um, and now kind of coming out with more of an everyday athlete program, uh, which I have some help with that in terms of programming, but it's, um, yeah, it, it's just been like a very gradual, slow build. And it, there's definitely been opportunities to bring on other athletes and coach them. And like, I've had other games athletes reach out to me and like semifinal athletes. And it's always, it's always the same answer, right? Like it's like, no, like I'm not taking on any individual athletes right now. Um, but the reality is, is like, I'm not going to let anyone come in and interfere with the team that Emma and Jack and I have created. Um, there's a lot of trust there and a lot of commitment between us three. So. Yeah. Do you feel that the, like, as the years have gone on and obviously they've both progressed, do you feel more pressure as their coach? I don't necessarily feel like pressure in terms of their um, performance or outcome. Um, the pressure that I do feel is like making sure they have the tools to best express their fitness um, or improve on the things they need to improve on. So at the end of the day, like when they compete, the position they get is the position that they end up with um, as long as they are, you know, doing their best and executing to the best of their ability. Like there's really nothing you can do outside of that. Um, but yeah, like the pressure is more so on making sure that the plan is in place and that it is going the way we're hoping and intending. And if, if it's not, then how do we pivot uh, and hit pivot quickly to make sure that it is going on that trajectory that we want? Yeah, that makes sense. And you said earlier in the episode, you were talking about how at the end of the games, that's where you kind of sit down and plan for the next mm -hmm. season. So what, again, we're kind of at the start of the season now, but do yeah. you does it feel like the start of the season or do you feel like your season starts when the games finish? Yeah, I mean, it definitely doesn't start right when they finish. Like there's definitely a period of time where things really just go into nothing <laughs> for a while, which is good. Like you need it. Um, the athletes definitely need it you know, with them being younger, they may not need it physically for too long, but the mental side of things, like they definitely need that break. Um, but yeah, like the season kind of, for them, I would say like starts probably like a month and a half after the games, depending on, you know, what their competition schedule is going to be like, right? So I think Emma took about a month. Um, 
where we didn't like do any like structured programming. Um, and then we got back into it for Rogue. And then after Rogue took another couple of weeks. And then from that point kind of have gotten back into a, to a plan. So yeah, from like a competitive athlete, games level athlete, like the, the season doesn't start when the open starts, like it starts much earlier. And we like to call it kind of like the build phase, right? Like that's when you're really working on those weaknesses and, and building those up. Yeah. And so obviously the rest of the season is, is among us. It's going to be here well before we know it. Yep. Do you, like, do you set goals for what, what they want to achieve or what you want to achieve as a coach? Like, what does it kind of look like laying it out from now through to the games? Yeah. So we definitely set goals at the beginning of the year. Um, like at the beginning of the training year, um, I, I'm not a fan and I try to encourage Emma and Jack not to set goals based on like a placement, right? Like, I don't want you to say like, okay, let's look at Emma, for example, because it's easy, like uh, legitimate goals, like, well, I want to win. It's like, yeah, like that's a great goal to have. Right. But the reality is, is that there's only one, or I want to do better than I did last year. Mm -hmm. okay, in order to do that, you have to win. Right. And so there's only one spot to go up. Um, so like reframing those, it's like, okay, like, if you want to win, what do you have to do on a daily basis or on a weekly basis in order to achieve that and make those your goals, right? Make those smaller micro goals, the goals that you're going to focus on. And that outcome at the end is going to be the outcome regardless, right? Like you can't control the programming. You can't control illness or injuries. Like if things happen. And so if you're setting your goal based on a position and an outcome and an event you're kind of setting yourself up for failure at least in my opinion right and especially within young athletes who haven't had that life experience necessarily with like disappointment and not achieving something it can be really difficult right like if they set a goal and they don't achieve it it's like oh no like I'm a failure it's like well no like you're not a failure like look at all the work you did to get to that point and really try to put things in perspective right so we do set goals. We try to make them not as like positional based and stuff like that, but more so, Hey, like let's work on your strength. Let's work on, you know, getting more sleep and, and things like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you, when you come second, you, you've got to, if you're going to go up, there is mm -hmm. any possible. Um, yeah. And I can't imagine that. Sorry, go on. Well, I was just going to say like, it's not that I don't want, and again, we'll just stick with Emma because it's like an easier example. It's like, not that I don't want her to, want to win like I definitely want her to want to win and I think any athlete who's competing at this level needs to have the belief and the desire to win I just don't want her to put all the emphasis on winning mm -hmm. because again like at the end of the day like if you win amazing amazing accomplishment it's great as soon as you put that medal on it's kind of done like yeah you did it so like what's next like what's coming next year um and so yeah having goals that aren't necessarily aligned with with that i think is important yeah no absolutely what when because you obviously talk about programming it within like events that, mm -hmm. that out of anyone's control apart from obviously the programmers do you ever like when a workout's announced or anything are you ever like oh my god no <laughs> like this is not not what we want 
or as a as a coach you just like no okay right we're gonna sit we're gonna analyze it this is maybe not gonna be your event but this is how we're gonna attack it is there ever like a bit of a, a fear going in like waiting for workouts to be released at competitions and things yeah i mean i guess it's natural to have a fear of the unknown and like crossfit's all about being the unknown and unknowable right um i gotta try not to like let them see that like that i might be nervous about an event um but when things are announced like yeah we'll just take a look and digest it and analyze it and figure out okay like yeah this might be a damage control event or this is somewhere where you can really like drop the hammer and, and kind of send a statement um but also like within their programming like we try to be very well-rounded uh in terms of what we're working on so there really hasn't been anything that's been like too crazy that I was like, Oh, I don't think they're going to be able to do this. Like for the most part, everything's been pretty good. I think the only, the only time I had any concern was the event Nema's first year where it was the, uh, the skill medley with like the double under cross and then the parallel press to handstand. I'm like, <clears throat> like we'd never done double under crosses. It's like, okay, like, maybe you can figure that out on the fly, but like, good luck with the press to handstand. Like if you get there, great. So yeah. And, and then at that point, it's not like a pressure thing or it's just like, well, have fun if you get there. Like, right. So yeah. yeah. It's adapting, isn't it? And I mean, I, I think from a spectator's view, that event was, was just so interesting because mm -hmm you don't you don't know how much time the people have had to practice or anything and you're kind of watching thinking oh my gosh like half of these people yeah top one percent of people athletes in the world can't do this so yeah. how hard is it and it was broadcast on espn live and it's just like oh it's probably not a good luck but whatever it's okay this isn't the stuff we want to show yeah <laughs> Um, I just really quickly before I let you go want to I am going to do some quick five questions but I want to really quickly mention what a bluzer because um, Jack obviously competed as an individual and in a team mm -hmm. and what a performance for him like how proud were you of him that weekend yeah super proud like obviously his outcome there was amazing um, when we sat down after the games and kind of put a plan in place for the year you know, we decided on Wadapalooza because there was enough runway to really focus on attacking his his weaknesses, right? And obviously strength is his weakness, like he's very, very strong. Um, but, you know, the games definitely illustrated that he lacked that aerobic capacity that he needs in order to be competitive at the top level. Um, and so we put a plan in place and like he stuck with it and how he like he's very analytical and how he he approaches things uh he's a lot like brent fikowski in that sense um he loves data he loves metrics um and so yeah like to see how he focused in and like we progressed through three or four months of like really solid training um and how he balanced that with school um for him to have that outcome was was phenomenal um but also like more than the outcome was how he attacked and approached workouts that if they would have shown up at the games would have been really tough and difficult for him. He attacked those with confidence and he knew that, Hey, like I can do this. Like I'm not worried about it. Um, and, the, and the results showed. Right. And so 
to think that we still have, you know, six ish, seven months, like almost double the time we had leading up to Wadapalooza to now train and focus uh, for the games. Like it's, it's really something amazing. So yeah, super proud. I'm super excited for, for his future in the sport. Absolutely. It was very, very fun to watch. Okay, cool. Thank you for that, Josh. Um, I'm going to throw some quick fire questions at you before you go. Everyone has to answer them. You can answer them as an athlete, as a coach, as a spectator, however you like. Okay. Favorite lift? Uh, Snatch. Favorite overall movement? Mm, Ring muscle up. I've, I've done two podcasts today and they are the exact same answers that they are the person yes, <laughs> um favorite benchmark wad amanda it's got a snatch and ring muscle up. Okay. <laughs> um and again you don't have to answer this as a coach you could be, do it as who you'd want to go with but if you could build a dream team for the games who would you have on it a dream team for the games uh well i would have to go with emma and jack for starters just because i'm biased uh team of four right so two and two uh who else i think we gotta go with velner uh, it's a tough one between velner and fikowski i think i'm gonna go with velner though velner's a velner's a funny dude um and then another girl Hmm. That's tough. There's a lot of good ones. Um, I don't know. It's a tough one. I might go with like Daniel Brandon just because I think she'll like just bring the cool factor. Yeah. <laughs> and she's a good athlete. So I think that would be a really cool team. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Josh. I'm looking forward to seeing, obviously, you guys throughout the season and how you'll get on i'm sure it's going to be another amazing season for you all but thank you for your time and for being here it's been an absolute pleasure great thanks a lot leah appreciate it